and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're back with the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I'm here with Mike and Jay, and we are absolutely thrilled to be here coming off an exciting PGA week. Don't take my job, pal. What? Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I thought that was a cue. I'm sorry. I thought that was a cue to what me. What a great no, no. intro. Great, what a great, great intro work. Right there. Um, he is right. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. He's McLean. <laughs> Jay's along. I'm Mike. Welcome back. We got a big, big show. I'm jacked up for this show. Um, Let's any, go. Anytime we can preview a major and then talk about it, those two weeks are just fucking exciting. And this was uh, quite the PGA to break down. So I think we start. Uh, first off, what are you guys drinking? Uh, Jay's actually drinking again. He said, he said, oh, I'm not drinking this month. And then half the episode since he said that, he's been drinking. <laughs> It was well, one. It was job. one episode he weeks. missed. I did two weeks where I didn't drink during the week, but um, we yeah, had, he's we back had to pinkies up. Last week we had a we had a big week last week with our for our company, for our owner, and I I couldn't help it. And then this week um it spilled over. So here I am. <laughs> Love it. So what are, what are you sipping on there with your pinky up? <laughs> I'm drinking on Baker's 107 tonight. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Very good. good. Impressive. Yeah. Good. Could make for a fun late show. It could. I'm, McLean? Hoping this, I'm hoping this show doesn't go too long because if it does, then I, you guys could be making fun of me. I'm actually <laughs> drinking a 2018 cake bread. Uh, Curtis oh. Tom Jenkins. Uh, something that is uh, very nice when it hits the palate, to say the very least. Thank you and kudos to Mr. Jenkins uh, for the uh, for the very classy grapes. And uh, thanks to me for letting it age another year for you. I was getting ready to say, you know, actually, I looked it up before I uh, sent it out. And they said, you know, we hadn't sold this since the Obama administration and that the value had actually gone up since then. So I appreciate that, Mike. I almost sold it. But then I thought. You know, that wouldn't be doing my palate justice. So I had to go ahead and pop that cork and uh, get to pour. Yeah, I was uh, I was supposed to send you that bottle of wine with your clubs back about a year ago. And let's just say things have been crazy and they got both yeah. set aside in the corner of my office and they just sat there and sat there and sat there and finally mail it back down to you. So there you go. Well, I it is greatly appreciated. And Mr. Jenkins, I, I thoroughly he, uh, have enjoyed it. He knows his wine. That's for sure. So absolutely does. And a, a classy gentleman at that. Well, I mean, let's not go too far. Sorry, I'm drinking his grapes and I just feel obligated to go ahead and lay it on for him. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm on some Angel's Envy tonight. Mm. It's one of my favorites. Well played. Well, it's good. Played. Yeah. Uh, so cheers. Very good. So um, where do we start? Do we McLean? Do you and I just start immediately? yelling at Jay for being wrong, or does he apologize for being wrong? I don't know where I'm this goes. To, He's always I'm been, go. JT doesn't have any talent. He, you know, these other guys. Oh, are really He's not one of the him. best players in the world. I'd put, I'd put Ron I've never Hovland over JT. He doesn't, he doesn't have the skill and the talent oh, as other guys. Never, never said that he didn't have any skill or talent. <laughs> but if, if you want to jump into it, I'm I'm happy to go. So everyone uh, knows JT wins the comes from behind ish. It's not a huge comeback. And people are talking about it was a comeback of the century, but he only shot three under. The field came back to him. 
goes to the playoff. We can get to meet him. Was it a seven shot? Seven shot, seven shot deficit. Hey, it's it's yeah. still a big comeback though, even though the field came back to him because that showed how tough the course was really playing. And he went out there and shot a number on a tough day. So we can't say that it doesn't necessarily mount a great comeback. If you look at the the average score, I think it it it, it certainly goes down as a, as a good comeback to say the very oh, least. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like I saw one headline, like epic comeback. I'm like, well. You know, it wasn't like he shot 64, you yeah. know, and came charging back. And, and now, great, he, no he played a great round of golf. Um, yeah. But he had he had to have some help only shooting three under. And we'll we'll get to Mito in a second, and Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick and that whole crew, and Cam Young in a little bit. But so yeah, Jay, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Um, go for it. I'll I'll I'll, I'll follow it with my rebuttal. So. I was pumped. I'm a JT fan. He also won me a little money um, by doing that. I think, and this is going to be right aimed right at you, Jay. He has <laughs> as much talent and skill as anyone on the PGA Tour when you add up all his weapons. Because if you always bring up mainly DJ and Rory when it comes to your physical ability and the skill, you used it last week talking about Spieth. Yeah. You, you think those two guys have the most ability and talent and skill physical but part of it is also mental in this game part of it is having that and Certainly. we haven't seen it enough out of jt but you can get this he has this look in his eye and this swagger about him when you know he's on the hunt he's gonna make some loud noise and make it happen now you can argue and say he hasn't been in the hunt enough in these big events is probably the knock on him that he's not even close enough for the top 10 in some of the majors. Um, but he's been playing his ass off all year. And if you don't watch him, he plays really well in the wind. He has all those shots. I would argue better than Rory in the wind. He hits it both directions. He hits it high. He hits it low. He carves it. He hits the soft little buttery, you know, wedges. There's really not much the guy can't do. In my opinion, I think McLean shares that opinion as well without question i mean i think if you're gonna have the best all-around conversation it is only rory and jt at the end of the day colin morikawa has a putting deficiency otherwise he'd be in that conversation but to me it is jt and rory those guys you can put in any format i mean you don't want to have to have a putting contest against them you don't have a chipping contest against them you don't want to play close to the flag against them and you know even jt you necessarily don't want to go long drive rory's going to edge him out on distance but jt's still giving out 180 ball speed at 152 soaking wet i mean it's amazing the efficiency that the guy produces with his golf swing so rory has just the the very slight edge maybe in distance but everything else it's tough to say that you have one guy better than the other i think jt historically maybe a little bit better putter than rory has been rory's had some great putting events but jt has historically i think been a little bit better of putter and i think jt chipping is better than rory is jt around the greens is better than rory is now rory hitting irons and his driver I would give Rory the well, J- take on the yeah, JT's JT's behind Rory from off the tee standpoint. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I think I think JT is one of the best iron players in the game. With without question, there's no qualms about it. And the, when you can couple a great iron player with someone who can get up and down at the uh, clip that he can, you're going to find low scores. Mm-hmm. All right, Jay, yeah. speak for yourself. 
<laughs> no, I don't. I don't dispute anything. Any of those. Any of those points there. Um, I think you guys actually, you know, stole the wor- words right out of my mouth. I mean, he he certainly is one of the best players in the game. He is. What is he? Uh, is he second, third in world golf rankings right he's up now? The, he's up to fifth now. Fifth. Okay. So he he's up there. There's no question that he's one of the best players. I'm I'm not going to deny that. He just won the PGA Championships. He's uh, PGA Championship. He's got uh, a, a couple majors under his belt now. Um. So I, I and I haven't denied that he is one of the best players in the game. But I when I, again when we when we when we debate this, we talk about uh, you know their their potential their potential and and what they can and can't do and who do we think is is has got the the top level gear um and I don't I still even he won the PGA championship good for him I still don't think that he's got that top level gear to compete with um with with Rory or or Dustin when they're playing their best golf Justin played his best golf on Sunday and this week and he won the PGA championship which he should have won um, but if I, I feel like if, if he's playing his best, Rory is playing his best. When I say best, I mean, T to green. Um, and that it's rare to get that. Like we all know that it's hard to get all of that working together. But if, if Rory, you guys watched the beginning of the round, he, he was 400 through five holes. If Rory just keeps his fucking head together for a couple holes and just doesn't be an idiot and makes a couple putts, he shoots 600 par. And really, that that's a real come from behind win there. And he wins the PJ Championship outright. Um, By the he, way, real fast, that was the most Rory round I've ever seen in my life. I getting, mean, ready, he, getting ready for the backdoor top five and then bogey 17. And then should have won. Should have won. If you watched, I mean, I, I watched almost the whole round. And uh, he didn't, I mean, he had so many putts inside of 15 feet. And he could not get the ball in the in the bottom of the cup. He just couldn't do it. And, and that's, that's the one frustration we have with him because he's, when I, when I talk about talent, I'm talking about talent from T to green and then, you know, the, the look and everything that you do and, and skimming edges with your putter. It's not like his putting stroke. It's not like he's, it's not like Will Zalatoris is out there putting. I mean, you watch Rory putt. It looks good. It looks like it's going to go in and, but he just misses. Like there's something that he's just missing just enough to where if he can find that he blows everybody out of the water, he blows everybody out of the water. And I, and I, this is no disrespect to Justin Thomas. I think he's an incredible player, a top 10 player in the world, but if they're both playing their best, I don't think he beats, I don't think he beats Rory, but again, that's, that's my opinion. But if you don't, it's kind of like Tony Finau, if you don't do it, if you never do it, Potential is just is just something well, and so that's, for some people to to gauge what you could do. But if you never do it, then it doesn't matter. So I, I get where you guys are 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 going with this, and I and I, I agree. He's he is one. Is is this his second major? Second major. Yep. Him, two he PGA now, championships. Rory's two PGA got championships. four. Yep, he's got four. Um, um, I, I will give him that. And he does join a, a group with Tiger and Rory as the only people to win 15 times in the PGA Tour, two majors in the Players' Championship before the age of 30. But And so here's my no. question with Rory. And, and I've said on this podcast, Rory's one of my favorite golfers. And I just give him a hard time because he, he lets me down and he disappoints me and I want more from the guy. 
And I, I, I jokingly said I was going to watch them play. My three favorite golfers were paired and on Thursday, Friday, and I was going to wash with my pants off. Right. I love Rory. I give him a hard time because I want more from the guy. I want him to be in contention more and win more. And he, and he doesn't do it. And it's frustrating. But the question becomes with Rory to me is, so you're talking about him and his potential, what we saw in the first four or five years of his career, but mm-hmm. it's been, it's been eight years since he's won a major. Sure. So is he the guy sure. that we've seen? We've had more of a sample size the last eight years with no majors than the first four years with four majors. So what, what is he? Is he maybe he just got really hot to start his career and he's not as good as he showed those first four years because we've now had double the time since then and he hasn't shown it. So we don't really know what what is Rory. Is he that guy that won the U.S. Open at Congressional by eight strokes Um, or is he this guy that we've been seeing the last five, six years? But yeah, I mean, this guy, meaning the guy who who was a couple shots back. you know, after five holes, when he started the round eight, nine shots back and just couldn't find a way to get, get it in the bottom of the cup. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I hate to say this, you know, and I'm being subjective here, but it's obvious where it's obvious watching the guy where the talent is and, and, and Justin Thomas is talented as well. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, very talented, but you know, he just, he just hasn't found a way to finish these tournaments off. He, again, the, the backdoor top tens, the backdoor top fives in the majors. And you're like, and it's 63 at the, at, uh, or 64 at, um, at Augusta. And and you're like, Oh, well, it didn't matter. That's why he, he played well. And, and that's fine. And I, I, I agree where, where some people would say that, but it's still 60, 63, 64 or 64 at Augusta. I mean, it's there. I think for, for Rory, it's more of a, a it's a mental thing for him and he's just got to figure it out. Um, but that's part of being a, a, a world-class sure. golfer. That's a talent. That's a 100%. skill in, to play this game of golf. hundred percent, but he's still got two more majors than Justin Thomas. Yeah. We'll see where he's, they're he's, at. He's, when they come all the he's been out there a lot, much longer time than JT. And at the same well, time, I think longer. JT How, possesses, what, it, it, he has at least there? five to seven years on JT. I don't but, think it's five to seven years. Not that long. So I'm looking at right now. Go ahead um, and pull that stat. But while you're pulling that stat, let me just ask you guys this, because JT to me possesses a killer instinct that Rory just doesn't have. Rory just seems like it's four years. Four, four years? years? Four years. Okay, difference. So he's got four years, four years on him. Let's see where it's at in four years and compare their resumes when you take the first, what is it, 10, 12, 15 years of their career. And I want to see what it looks like, because I think JT long term when you put him in contention, when he's there, he will absolutely um, get it done. He just seems like he has that killer instinct that Rory just seems to kind of ho-hum through it. And he wins a lot because he's that good. I mean, his talent levels off the charts. And maybe you could make the argument that maybe he is slightly more talented, especially from a, if you're looking at a technical aspect of his golf swing. But JT to me has that killer instinct that Rory just does not possess. He does. He does have. He does have that quality, um, almost to a fault. Like, I mean, a perfect example is when he was uh, after the round was over. Uh, this is this is the one thing that I don't like about JT. And I'll be honest, I'm just going to throw it yeah, out there. So I think he's a pompous little prick a, a lot of times, and it just irritates me. Like at the end of the, he's getting ready to go warm up, and he's yelling at Colt Nost. 
hey, can I get a monitor? Can I get a monitor down here while I'm warming up? Like I'm getting ready for a playoff. Can I get a monitor? Like, yeah, bring one over. I'm like, dude, go fucking warm up and hit balls and just be ready to go. <laughs> like, that, that, like as soon as he started saying that, I was like, dude, just shut up before somebody knocks your teeth in. Like, go warm up and try to win a, go win a tournament. Don't worry about whether Colt Nose has a monitor they can bring you. Just go be ready. A lot of like, didn't bother me. That's the that's the stuff that bothers me about him. And I, I do think he's talented, very talented. But the 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 entitlement that he portrays, and I and I don't you may not think that, but a lot of people do think that he portrays this sense of entitlement that like he is I can I can see that. And and, it, and it's annoying for me. It's annoying to watch him because he has the potential to be a very classy and classic player and, and he's very talented. But like that side of it just is such a turnoff to watch. I'm like, I don't want to watch that elitist, you know, mentality. I want, hey, you, 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 you grew up playing under a PGA pro. Like, you know what it's like to, to hustle and struggle. Like, don't give that impression to the young kids that are watching. You know, I know I'm taking, I'm taking this to the far, the far reach there, but like, I'm, I'm, I got my son in here who's watching and we're, I mean, I'm a toilet plunger. And uh, and he's watching this guy. He's like, is that the way I need to act? Do I need to like demand people to do stuff for me, and then they just do it, and that's how I need to be the best player in the world? Like, no. You well, don't and then, like but uh, on on the other hand, and I'm not sure if he caught this, but Saturday and Sunday, Rory did not talk to the media. He said, "Screw you." He denied all requests and left. I, I think, I think that's at some fine. point that doesn't bother me as much. No, as that. see that 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 stuff bothers me. Terrible. Like terrible. Yeah. You got to you got to answer if if you're you're on a, you're on a public stage you're a public professional sorry that's that's what you are that's what you do that's why you have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank and if you don't play well you got to sack up and answer the questions. Mito Pereira did. Yeah, and and Rory historically always answers the questions. So if he has one day or two days where he's like, "Hey man, I need a break," I, I think he I think he's earned that right. Not during yeah, the, but that's you not wanna, during you the Saturday about, and Sunday. You know, Take the break early in the week. Not during prime time. Let's let's get out there. Let's discuss the shit. You're one of the the most influential players in the game. You owe it to the public for that bank account. Like exactly what Mike just said. You owe it to the public to go ahead and give your perspective on it. You can say, "Oh, we don't know anything. We don't know anything." Yeah, you, you, you kind of do just a little bit. I mean, it, it's part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. Uh, it's and it's understandable if there's over a certain and over time. and over. Yeah, but not during a major over and over and over. He has done that. Do it during the Honda fucking classic. Yeah, we also you want you want to bring the kids into it, Jay. We also teach our kids that you got to own up and talk about when things don't go your way and don't go right. You got to be a man and and talk about it. And he didn't. He went home crying with his tail between his legs. Like, if I would I would agree with you if that were if that were Bryson DeChambeau who would do it weeks on end. But well, he did Rory, do it for like a couple months. Yeah, exactly. But Rory is not that guy. Like if he has one day or two days where he's like, look, I'm sorry, I need a break. I need to. This is from in the end of the day. I understand. Again, I understand what it means to be a professional and you get paid to entertain. This is the entertainment business. You are a professional golfer. People. People pay to watch you play, and I understand that. But not every single moment of your life needs to be on on display. And if you need and a break, I, I'm not break. asking. I'm not asking for every single moment. He's got plenty of time away from the golf course that he can be as private as he wants to be. 
But when you walk off the golf course and there's a throng of reporters there, when you just played on national television, you got to answer questions. Yeah. No, I disagree. I disagree. I mean, how many times have you been interviewed? Uh, none, because I'm not important, no. but I, I don't exactly. make millions. Wow. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wow. saying. I'm it just saying matter. that it, there, there is a It doesn't matter about me, Jay. It doesn't matter about me. It wow. doesn't matter about you. I'm just saying that there's a difference. Like if you if you get interviewed every single second, every day, like some days you need a break. When when you have members that come in and they complain to you every single day at the at the shop, you're like, hey, man, I just need a break. I just need a break today. And they're like, hey, well, this is your job. You get paid for me to complain to you. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's, yes, that's his yes, job, too. Do. Yes, you do. That is my job. But today I just need a break. And and I was I will say that if if this were a recurring. Thing but I can't him, say that, I can't say that at my job. I have, to there, I, I, I have to sit there and take it at my you, job. You, yeah, you, you do. You do. But there are days that you you find there are days, a way to there are days I don't I don't want to take it. There are days I don't want to break. But guess what? I don't have that luxury. I have to take it. Yeah, but but you can get away. There are days that you don't stand in the shop waiting for it. Yeah, those are there my are days. It's, it's not. This is not an apples to apples, though. It's you close. you know if you're if you're the you're the the head of the players council, and you're just coming off the course from a Sunday of a major championship. You got to talk to the media. You talk to the media four days a week, five days a week, counting the press conference on a major week. There it is. There's your five days. I work five days. You work five days. Rory, you talk to the media five days a week. You're one of the biggest names in the game. The media is going to want to talk to you. That's your, if you're, if you're Tom Hoagie, you probably don't have to talk to the media because no one cares about you. But Tom Hoagie's bank account doesn't even come close to what Rory's is. Yeah. Well, he, uh, Tom Hoagie talks to the media once every two weeks. Rory talks to them every single day. And that's part of the and job. I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not disputing that. A couple hundred job, million, Tom Hoagie would a, talk to him every day. He would until he was as good as Rory. Nah, if you were as good as Rory and had to do it since he was 19 years old, then you may see Tom Hoagie get, say, hey, I need a break for one day or two days. Yeah, but then I he's going to go. He's going to take the next. One of the, we're talking about one of the classiest guys in professional golf. Or not, not I love Rory. Disagree. Not taking media. away from that. I, I don't disagree. With that. I love Rory, and I I think he's earned the right, and he's never been disrespectful to the media, and he's never upheld his end of the bargain in in terms of sharing his opinion. So I don't I don't think it's fair for one for a guy for one day or two days even to say you know what hey guys I don't want I I don't have a comment today. I, there's nothing that I have to say. I just need a break because he probably knows, hey, I'm frustrated. Only thing that I'm going to do right now is just make myself look bad and make the PJ Tour look bad. And that's not a good thing for anybody. So in a sense, he's looking out for not only himself, independent contractor, but also the brand, the greater brand of the PJ Tour. Hey, I'm not going to do you guys any good service here by coming up here and complaining. Yeah, I don't know, but. Let's let's we've got way off topic here. I don't want to debate, you know, JT getting a monitor and and Rory skipping his thing. I, I just wanted to bring that up if because if, we if, didn't even bring that up and we won't even go there with with if we're going to compare apples to apples with JT and Rory and monitors and talking in front of the camera and expletives and all. Here's that. the old thing though. Here's the old thing. Realize, JT and Colt are boys. 
So it's like throwing out to a boy, like, hey, bro, Colt, Colt, any chance you got a monitor? What I would have done the exact same thing if it were one of you two guys in the same situation. And I think all three of us would have done the same if we knew it was a possibility and you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. So that's yeah. right. I mean, I, I sure, but it didn't, it didn't come across that way when I was watching it. It, it didn't. See, I didn't, it, I didn't look, catch, I didn't catch what you caught at I all. I did. I watched it. I saw no, it. I mean, yeah. I, I it, saw it happen, but I didn't pick up on any kind of like, oh man, that's a sense of entitlement there. He's, uh, well, it's that was just one example, but there's been other times there where was no douchebaggery. He, he gives off that vibe, and 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 again, that's that's just my opinion. You know, that's not. I'm not saying that's who he is or what he is, but as a fan watching, uh, I don't know Joe T, JT. I've never I've never been around him, never hung out with him, but that's the that's the vibe that I get from him. Um, and yeah, he, right he has wrong, a, he has he has a, a cockiness to him. He's got. Yeah, well, you, you have to have that. There's no there's no question you have to have that. So did his good buddy order. Tiger, and we're all fucking friends of that guy. Yeah, and Tiger can be a fucking dickhead too. Oh, I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, we all love him because he's good, but he's a dickhead. He, and he's been a dickhead to a lot of people. He's been a I mean, he's been an asshole to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And I'm not afraid to say it. But you know, with all the recent activity and the accidents and him not playing and everyone wants him to play. You know, everyone's super excited for him to be back out there. And I am, too, because I want to watch him. But he was a jerk to a lot of people. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, let's not try to hide no, the fact I that he was an asshole to a lot of people. Um, and, and that that arrogance and that cockiness and that that confidence just spilled over a little too much. I mean, uh, we, we can't you can't deny that. Um, but we all kind of sweep that under the rug because. Tiger's Tiger, and he's the greatest golfer that ever played, and we can all admit to that, and we can all agree on that. So we yeah. want to see him out there playing, and I think that's where most of the golf world is because if you're if you're a fan of golf and you're you know sixty or younger, you watched him change the game of golf, so you want to see him play regardless of his shortcomings and his faults. And we're all we're all flawed, so I'm not I'm not trying to say that we're better than anyone else, but I'm just stating the obvious. We're, we, he, he's not a perfect individual, No, but no, we like watching far. him play golf. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about some actual golf from the weekend. Um, what, what were your takes on the finish on, on Mito and Zalatoris and Cam and Fitzpatrick, kind of that, that top four that everyone kind of assumed the winner was going to come out of going into Sunday. I think most people would have thought, I'm not sure exactly what the odds were, what the you know bookies were saying. Everyone had to assume it was going to be one of those four winning on Sunday. Does it come down to, obviously, the four of them have never won on the PGA Tour. I, I Is think... it just, just nerves, major, winning your first time, especially being a major, or Chipping add that on top of a go hard golf course? Or what did you guys make of that? I don't think Fitzpatrick wins chipping crossing. I'm just going to go out there and say, it. I don't think he's the first guy to ever win a major chipping crossing. I don't care that he chipped in on Sunday. That was a fucking straightforward chip. It wasn't a hard chip. Um, it wasn't something that you had to get a bunch of face manipulation in there, count on spin to ultimately create a good shot out of it. I don't think he's going to be able to do it in the situations that a major championship puts you in, especially around the greens. Um, Zalatoris, I think is right there. 
Uh, I think it's it's almost a matter of time for the guy with the worst stroke inside of five feet the store has ever seen. I mean, Billy Mayfair cringes when he watches the guy fucking putt. And that's impressive. Well, if you um, say if you say Fitzpatrick can't win chipping cross-handed, Zalatoris can't win putting like that from inside of five feet. I, I don't I don't necessarily say that that's incorrect, but I do think he gets better in that in that spotlight. I I do think that improves over time. And I'll say this: he he makes a decent amount of them. We, we watch the stroke and we give him crap for it. Statistically, he's not as bad as we talk shit for. So that's why I'm feel comfortable actually saying that Um, it's awful, but statistically I've never seen a guy, never mind on, on this level, but never seen a guy period can just absolutely flush a 250 yard four iron high and soft landed on the green. He can't flush a four footer. He hits it off the toe. He doesn't even come close to the center of the club base with a four footer. Yeah. But give him a four iron out of the rough and the guy's fine. It's like, well, what the fuck is going on here? I mean, I brain. I'm not with you. And I'm not, I, I don't I don't necessarily say that it totally separates from Fitzpatrick. But statistically, he's better than Fitzpatrick is chipping than he is putting from that distance. Nope. No, not right. Fitzpatrick, at least this year, I don't know exactly when he went to the cross-handed chipping. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but this year, I'll give you his strokes gain around the green. Uh, he was seventh in the um, PJ Championship. He's twelfth on the PJ Tour this year in strokes gain around the green. Well, that's terrible. Fitzpatrick is is twelfth around the green. Argument. Okay, he does he does hit bunker shots. Uh, conventional the, conventional I, yeah. I will yeah. say that I, I i was really paying attention to that the last time we yeah. had a we had a combo on fitzpatrick and his bunker bunker game oh. i was like all right let me just pay attention but he does well, let, let's yeah, go ahead and get down to the nitty-gritty together. though um Mito. yep look the guy is you guys all know I've, I've been a fan of him for a long time. He came off of what he did on the Corn Ferry Tour in an absolute storm, played very well early in his PGA Tour career with some good finishes. Um, guy who kept his card, and ultimately we see him. Uh, I, it doesn't look like he has any questions of whether or not he's going to be around for a little bit. It's a matter of whether he can get it done with some of these movements. I mean, that, that move on... The move on 18 made Scotty Scheffler look calm. Well, so that's that's the weird thing about that one shot. And I will get in. I want to get into Mito as a player, as a whole in his career. Let's and, go. No but, time to the present. But, but that drive on 18, the thing that confused me about that swing is you're right. He looked like Scotty Scheffler, but Scotty Scheffler looks like that when he's trying to hit a snap hook on 13 at Augusta. Mito Not was trying right. to hit his basic cut shot you know, just a peeler cut that he was hitting a lot all day and started to, you know, contort himself to do it. And that's what looked funky to me. Like I, I have no issue with him hitting driver there. Um, That's his shot. That's his play. There's plenty of room to do it. As long as you just hit up the left and fade it. And he started that thing. I mean, you can hell Zalatoris got lucky. I mean, people saying, Oh, he should hit three wood. Well, Hey people, you can still miss a fairway with a three wood. Cause Zalatoris almost did. He got lucky. He hit that tree and it dropped down into the fairway. So, I don't have any issue with the driver selection. I have an issue with, I don't know if it was just nerves or, or what, because um, it shouldn't have been, I'm going to take that back. It, it's a hard shot because of what the pressure is, but 
you know, yeah, he, like has, he, he has that shot, no problem. Save it. No, he's trying to hit that cut. He caught low in the heel and tried to save it. So it looked like to me, and it cut an extra 18 yards, 12 to 18 yards, and he expected it to, and ultimately ended up down there in the gulch. And yeah. it's unfortunate. But he heartbreaking to see. But he should have hit three wood. You could have hit a lot of different clubs. You could hit three wood. I think three wood's probably the right club. He could have hit three wood. That out of play. Three wood he makes that same would swing of the three-wood, it's, still, out of it's play. still in trouble. He, if he had three-wood on the same line, he would have been where Zalatoris was, but he would have had a shot to the green. Now, granted, it would have been a big cut, but he would have had a shot to the green. Yeah, I mean, wood. I think Zalatoris hit a tree. That's why he stopped in the fairway, but correct. he rippled through the leaves of that tree. Zalatoris hit it further right than, than Mito did, too. It was much further right, but... Had had Mito hit a three wood on the same line, he would have had a much better chance to stay in play. Yeah, I just think you can still so, you can still make a bad swing with the three wood. If he was going to make that sure. swing, I don't think it was going to regardless sure. of what he had in his hand. Sure, you can. You, there's no question. You you know you can make a bad swing, make a bad swing with a three wood. But the, the whole reason that you change clubs from a driver to a three wood is because you're, you're looking for your margins and you're looking for the gaps. Like if the fairway narrows 15 degree or 15 yards at three thirty, what, what club do I hit? That's going to not narrow as much at three thirty. It's going to narrow at two ninety. Okay. Let's hit three wood, which is this, which is the case on 18 at Southern Hills. If you hit three wood, you, the fairway is much, much wider. And that's why most of the guys were hitting three wood there. Um, and and I, I understand if he had a feeling he was that was his game plan, but you got to be able to adjust to the situation and know that like, hey, or I, I hit three wood here and I can eliminate some of the, the risk here to hit in the in the hazard or I hit driver and I just blast it way right where there's not as much trouble. I mean, there's rough, but now I've got a, a clear open look at the at the green. Um, so. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I don't think he was trying to hit driver full force. I mean, he looked like he had it teed it down a good bit, and he was trying to hit that bunt after the same shot JT yeah. hit was that low cut. You know, it's yeah. not it's not a full go send it with a driver yeah. swing. It, it, it's a, yeah. supposed to be a fairway finder kind of shot. Um, yeah. So yeah, I got, yeah, he didn't execute it, and so it was it was heartbreaking to see him. You know not make a bogey, you know, you, he hits it in there and you're like, okay, just make a bogey and get to the playoff. But then to make a yeah. double and to even yeah. not have a chance in the playoff. I, I think JT was going to win the playoff regardless. I think he was just feeling it. He didn't miss a well, shot in the playoff. Better. You know, yeah. even Zalatoris wasn't hitting the ball and, and playing as well as JT, right? He had backed up a little bit, a couple shots, or I guess one shot. Um, not even close. I mean, so I think JT was probably going to win that regardless, but. I mean, how many swings did did Will have in the last five holes that he didn't hold both hands on the club? I mean, it was like yeah. every other shot was a one-handed swing, and JT was coming in hot. You know, once they once they went to a playoff, those two, I was like, this is it's a done deal, done deal. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I hope this doesn't hurt Mito's career. I don't think it will because I think the guy's too good of a ball striker. You know, um, he he flushes it. He hits it great. He had a lot of really good kind of low stinger shots off the tee. He had a couple with a hybrid or fairway wood and a couple of long irons. Um, he does have that. It's weird. I mean, he has the same coach as Joaquin Neiman, but they have this like almost the same exact move. Their, their shoulders at impact are like vertical. 
And, yeah. and Faldo said it. I don't know how either of those guys are going to swing when they're 45 years old. I'm not sure how you can get your back into that position. Um, they don't have to worry about that now. Hopefully they make a bunch of money and win a bunch of tournaments now. But yeah, uh, it is kind of remarkable how you know, the two Chileans on tour have the same exact golf swing for the most part. Yeah. I was really imp- uh, impressed with how many putts he made. I mean, up in, up until obviously the, the last two holes. Yeah. But he made a bunch of par saves that were incredible. Um, yeah, he had that great on, up and down on nine. Yeah, uh, and then uh, was it a uh, was it fifteen or sixteen that he had a great up and down? Uh, sixteen. Yep. Yeah, and then seventeen. He hit a great putt. I mean, if he had made that putt on seventeen, that that little pitch shot he hit that was like twelve footer maybe. If he had made that uh, two shot lead going in eighteen, gosh, that's well, hell, that's even a that um, the three wood on seventeen. If that ball carries another like two three yards it probably bounces up onto the green and he's yeah. got a 20 footer for Eagle. He said yeah. it landed in the, landed in the upslope, trickled back down a little bit. Yeah. Um, that was only a couple, couple yards away from being just perfect. Perfect. Yeah. You know, and he had he's that great, player. great pitch on 10. So he made the great up and down out of the bunker on nine, made the long kind of curling putt. And then on 10, pretty easy hole for Southern Hills, misses it short sided left. And then hits that, flop shot to two feet stone dead. That was another good one that you're like, Oh, maybe he will kind of hold the, hold on to this. Well, the weird thing was, I don't, you know, for anyone who was actually watching the full broadcast, but they had Joaquin Neiman, like they kept him on, you know, for like 30 minutes talking about Mito and like they're cause they grew up together playing junior golf all the way through, which I actually watched the whole thing. It was kind of cool. It was great. It was a great little interview. It was a good interview, and 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 even though uh, Joaquin was was kind of fighting for words, and you know, with the language barrier, we, you could still kind of get the gist, and um, kind of gave some insight on Mito and how how good he was, and and how when as a junior he was like the most dominant player, like, and Joaquin was basically saying like this guy fears no one, like he is fearless, like, and they they kept going back and forth and like. And um, uh, Balionis was like, "What? Well, how do you feel about the chance? You know, the opportunity for so you know, for Mito to win the PGA?" And they they almost made it sound like it was a done deal because he had a three shot lead. And it was like it made me feel weird. I was like, anytime you yeah. have that assumption and a major, it's like anything can happen. And they didn't they didn't correct themselves either. It, you know, Joaquin didn't say, "Hey, it's not done yet." He was like, "Oh, this is going to be a great moment, you know." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We still got we got nine holes." Yeah, to go. I guess he's he's four years older than Joaquin, so Joaquin was saying like, yeah. "I look up to him," you know. I've yeah. always looked up to him, and I think I heard, I think it was the night before, it might have been on uh, the Golf Channel on Live from that they said that last year there was a poll in Chile for like vote for your favorite athlete of any sport from a Chilean athlete. Mito Pereira won. <laughs> So he's a number one athlete in in Chile. We have just here we're just hearing about him now here because obviously we know yeah. Joaquin Neiman. He's been on the scene on the tour a little bit longer, but he's like but a we're stud not hearing him there. for the first time here on the Emergency Nine podcast. Well, in the last yeah. seat in this season, there was there was there was a certain co-host that I feel like brought his name up early, made him a part of his lineup. It, <laughs> I, yeah, I wait, can't wait, remember. Wait, did you pick him this week on your lineup? No. Can I? Can I? Can I re- rehash what I said? I called him. Proceed. I called him the sleeper of the tournament. Yeah. I told the audience, 
At the end of this weekend, you will know Mito Pereira's name. You're going to see him up on the leaderboard and hit a bunch of golf shots. I did say he wasn't going to win, which I'm kind of upset I got that wrong. I kind of wish he, he would have pulled it off and won. Um, you said all that shit? I swear to God, go back. It's it's taped. It's on. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's um, I called him the sleeper of the week and you would know his name at the end of the weekend. So <laughs> I did pick Jordan Smith to win, but I at least want to call out my positive. I have enough yeah, bad takes yeah. and bad predictions. I got to call it some of my positive ones. Um, so any, any takes on, I know we've talked about Zalatoris a little bit. Cam young played great. Maybe the moment got a little too big for him down the stretch there. I thought, it's, he had a serious chance of winning at one point. It seemed like he just kind of tucked his tail in between his legs and started bitching. Um, he, he looked unhappy, which I understand when you put yourself in a big moment. But the bad part is he didn't have the mental toughness to realize he was still in the thick of it, even though he didn't have his best shit. And the course was winning for the day, but it was winning with all of the other competitors as well. And the tournament was coming back to him and he found yeah. himself in many times with a chance to submit himself back into the lead, almost unjust based off of the fact of what had just happened. But all of a sudden you turn around, it's like, well, the, the leads at five under and he's sitting there at four under, but he still couldn't put what had just happened behind him behind him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where it's a good point. I think that's where ultimately he doesn't have that mental strength of a more seasoned player. And I think that's yeah. what hurt him this week because he, as I mentioned before, found himself in contention after mistakes, which is hard and rare to do, but he wasn't able to overcome that mental stability needed. Yeah. We're, we're a, a, a seasoned guy. knows. just, Hey, just keep plugging away. Keep plugging away. It's a major on a hard golf course. You never know what's going to happen. You know, yeah, behind yeah, behind yeah, me, right. a six over seventy two holes could have happened in the first round. In the fourth round, it adds up the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I I do want Fitzpatrick to win. Look at I'm just looking at his stats for this year. They're unbelievable, and the guy hasn't won. He's not his, gonna. His worst stat is approach the green, strokes gain approach the green. And he's thirtieth, fifteenth off the tee, thirtieth approach, twelfth around the greens, eighth putting. He's fifth tee to green. He's first strokes gained total on the PJ Tour. Hasn't won. Really? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what we talked about all the time um, on this podcast. It's like, what? when can we find the stat that... Uh, Clutch and late. Quantifies clutchness, you know? Yeah. It's, and um, it's, there's something to it. Like, you can lead all these categories. And he's he's made a bunch of money. There's, that's not oh, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a bunch me. of top tens. But... He just hasn't won, which is the differentiator. You know, like the guy you, you're going to remember the guys who win, not the guys who have all the stats. Like, oh, I remember when Tiger Woods had he was seventh on you know strokes gain T to green. That you don't remember yeah. that shit. No, you remember I think who won the majors, and you won't. You remember who won, you know, five or six times that year. Player of the year. You, that's who you remember. I think he's a player with a really high floor, mm-hmm. but. Does he is he just miss missing that winning that it factor to get over the, the finish line and, and win? because uh, he plays really hard golf courses well. He plays in bad weather well. Mm-hmm. So none of that really seems to bother him and affect him. He seems like a pretty easy going, just whatever kind of guy when he's out there. But yeah, I mean to have that good of stats this year 
and no wins is crazy. And JT was up there. Um, I don't know where he was kind of before this week, but he was having one of his best years statistically. I think he's had nine top tens this year, you know, um, and didn't have a win until until now. So um, it was surprising to see a lot of big names played really bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, Scotty Scheffler misses the cut. You know, Cantley maybe beat six club pros. Uh, um, you know, there was, you know. Both of which I had on my team. Rom Rom didn't play well, made the cup, didn't play well. Morikawa made the cup, but didn't play well. Hovland didn't show. He was up there briefly. Um, well, I way, think who's, way too much chipping. Way too much chipping yeah. at, at Southern Hills. It's just yeah. he didn't have a shot. And difficult chipping. Um, yeah, difficult chipping. Like but with with all the with all the runoffs and all the shave down, you know, banks, th- that that is not conducive for Victor Hovland to have his best best stuff. You know, now he, it's one thing if you miss miss the green with some thick rough and you're 10 feet from the hole, 15, 20 feet from the hole, you can chunk it out and make a six, seven footer. But when you've got when you've got shaved down um collection areas and now you've got to really be creative and really be precise with your pitch shots. Um that's not that's not his up his alley. Um so yeah I I, I didn't pick him this week uh, at I, all. I'll tell really you someone who is kicking themselves because of his putting, Cam Smith. Hmm. He was first in strokes gained T to green in last in putting as far as who made the, as far as who made the cut. He's a bad putter. He's, he's bad not putter. though. <laughs> he's not. Uh, Apparently he is. Apparently he was this, he was this, he was, this he was a bad putter. And I think someone, I saw someone on Twitter, they went back and they had looked, he had like 13 lip outs <sighs> this week on the greens. I know he had a lot on Sunday cause I had placed a wager on him to uh, get a little backdoor top 10. And he did not do that. He did not do that. Uh, so I lost that bet. But um, yeah, I mean, first strokes gained T to green, 76th in putting. I mean, that's yeah, that's got to be so frustrating. And I'm trying to think. I, I can't remember exactly how far he finished out of the playoff. That was five, maybe. I think he finished around even. Um, yeah, he finished even. So five out of the playoff, hitting it that good and just making that a few more. Sense. You never know. So that makes it tough. Um, what was your uh, what's your tiger take this week? He obviously, you know, makes the cut, plays a great, you know, last six holes on Friday afternoon, Friday night, gets it done, makes the cut, and then just shoots a million on Saturday. WDs, he didn't look good just walking all week, yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of glad that he WD'd. I did not want to watch him on Sunday, like after watching what he did on Saturday. And so I, I don't know what to make of it. Like, it's cool that he made the cut. That's awesome. I also don't like to see him like this. They, actually, somebody posted a video today um, that like a fan took on Wednesday during the practice round. He was walking up the field actually to give Bryson a hug, which made me question Tiger a little bit. But um, he looked like an old man walking up this hill. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know what to think of the whole, the whole thing is, is he just pushing this too hard? Just, just right off into the sunset 
or show up the majors and make a cut great or, or what? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everyone loves the vibe and loves the, uh, anticipation of him playing in a, in a major. So uh, for him to even try, even, you know, even if he, yeah, I think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, everyone's excited. And if he makes the cut, great. If he plays bad on Friday, you know, like, okay, well, you know, it, he's, he's 46 and he's got a shattered right leg. You know, everyone, everyone understands, but yeah. they love, they love the anticipation and the, the thought that he could make the cut and actually, you know, get in contention, which let's be honest. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen unless it, the the best chance that it could ever happen would be uh, at the British Open and the flattest golf course, the shortest golf course, because he's I don't know what his rank was in terms of driving distance, but is definitely down at the bottom He because he kept hitting this weird, weird, like, you know, flailing cut, wipey cut. And it was like, I mean, the ball speeds were low, super 170. Super low. It, lower than that. I mean, some yeah, of the, it was one of the drives lower than that. 168 yeah. max on his ball speed. And they tried reporting that he was up at 185. Someone tried to report that early in the week. No way. He never showed anything near that. And I can go ahead and promise you right now, a miss hit for 185 is not 168. Yeah, you know, so that was numbers yeah. that were coming off like whatever they had on the range, like on the big video board. Like they yeah. show some guys Na- tracking National Enquirer was yeah that, that was false. Even someone reached out to Tiger's camp when they saw that, and they were like, "No, he's been around like 174, 175." Yeah, at best, riding in a cart. Well, yeah, like you, but, Jay, you yeah. and I, we 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 were chatting. We saw each other on Saturday, and I I just noticed he he's setting up really open with his shoulders, and then yeah. just hitting that really big wipey cut. It's like, uh, do. You, just set up a little bit more square. You can still hit a cut, but like, why do you need yeah. to hit a 30 yard cut? And that, that must be a comfort thing for him to try to get in and play or, or whatever. But like, again, he plays the spinniest ball on tour. And if you're going to set up for a huge, like 20, 30 yard cut with the spinniest ball on tour, you're going to one, your ball speed is going to drop com- uh, a, a, an enormous amount. And now you're you're subject to you know missing a lot of fairways, and not only that, but you're hitting a cut, so you're going to be further back than everybody else. So that, remember when um, uh, Phil Mickelson put the 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 took the driver out and put the two three woods in play, the the hook the hook three wood or the draw three wood and the fade three wood, and he hit like four four or five fairways. I don't know. Was it the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship? I can't remember which one it was. But remember. he had he had one with no driver. He had one with two drivers. I can't keep up with all that shit. He, he, well, he had the one the one tournament where he where he took the driver out and had two three woods because he was like, I've got my cut three wood, I've got my draw draw three wood, and and he hit less fairways. And not only that, but he was twenty to thirty yards further behind everybody. So, I, my opinion with the way that the game has gone and how how the balls are. Hit your driver as far as you can, which we've all heard this before. Um, obviously, you want to hit it straight, but if if you're not like an ab- abnormally really straight driver of the golf ball with your three wood, then just hit your driver. Now, the only time that I would say the back off of the driver would be if there's a creek or the fairway narrows to like 
don't know, 10 degree, 10 yards or something crazy like that. But otherwise hit your driver as far up as you can. If you hit in the rough, you're closer to the green. You know, I mean, we, 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 this is not news. I mean, we've heard this for the last 10 years, but the fact that, that people still play that or, or, or try to, like Tiger, it looked like, it looked like that all week. It was like, all right, I'm going to play this cut shot because I'm going to try to hit in the fairway, but he he didn't hit it straight at all. No. So, no, yeah, I don't know. So, I, I don't know if we just see him again at the U.S. Open and then we see him again at the British. I know he's pretty much already, you know, he said at the Masters he was already committing he he was going to be at St Andrews. So maybe he takes the U.S. Open off and just shows up at at St Andrews. I know he committed to play in some event, some charity pro am event. Um, in I think it's maybe Ireland, uh, like the week before. Um, yeah. The British, so maybe that's when we we see him next. I wouldn't shock me if it if it was, and he took a little time. I know he did fly straight from Tulsa to L.A. to see his doctors. Mm. Uh, on on Saturday night or Sunday morning, whenever it was. So that's I don't know. Nice I, I hope I hope it gets better. I hope we can see him a little bit more. I hope his game gets a little bit better. But if it's this. I'm okay. Yeah. You, you brought me a lot of, a lot of happiness over the years, tiger. Thanks. I know it's been tough. Um, you can, you can ride off into the sunset, you know, so hundred percent, hundred percent. But, um, what were your thoughts on Southern Hills as a golf course, as a venue? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was it what you expected? I thought it played tough, which I appreciate, especially in a major championship but I don't know that it played the right kind of tough. Explain. Or not. It was difficult in certain instances. <laughs> it's it's tough to assimilate because it's a very different property and it looks like an incredible piece of property and, and a great golf course, but I want them to go ahead and grow it in. I want to see more runoffs. I want to see more elevated greens. I want to see it become a much fairer, tough test for a variety of different distances. What do you mean, grow it in? I want to see tighter fairways. Let's grow it. Oh, in. pinch, pinch in the fairways. Let's pinch uh, in the yeah. fairways. I want to see a tougher um, complexes. I want to see tougher complexes around the greens. Let's 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 get it tight. Let's show some elevation around the greens. You know, maybe that's just the North Carolina boy, Donald Ross, and in, in me. But I want to see what would the what would the score would have what would the score have been? I mean, what five under one? I mean, if we did that, what would do we go over par for the PGA Championship? No, I'm not saying that's where we need to go. Now, granted, they, that I was that was weather rated way five under, making the golf court difficult, Jay. Yeah. So I. I I liked it. I thought it was great. I would love to watch another event there. I'm curious to see what happens if there's not 30 mile an hour winds, you know, for a couple of the days and then the temperature drops in the fifties on Saturday. I wonder well, if it was, played a big part in this event, which no one anticipated. Yeah. I wonder if it yeah. was normal weather, what, what the score would have been. They had the, you know, on Friday, they didn't cut the greens. It seemed like nobody was really making a lot of putts the whole weekend. It just seemed like it was tough to putt there. Um, I was expecting more 
runoff areas off the green. You know, they we led into saying, oh, yeah, these greens are going to repel and they're going to repel down to these shaved off runoff areas. They were there, but I didn't see them that much. I didn't see anyone use a three wood to bump it up the hill or those kind of shots as much as, you know, everyone was saying ahead of time. I did. I mean, again, I, I would hope they go back there. Um, I thought it was a fun venue. I mean, five under, you're right, Jay, is a like a perfect winning score. You know, five to eight under, I think it's like a perfect winning score for a major. Um, somewhere in there where you can see guys make a couple birdies. But yeah, there's going to be a, a, there could be the potential for a train wreck and a bogey and a double. But, um, and I think we could have got there. I couldn't think we could have got to nine, 10 under if the weather was just somewhat half decent. So what, what are your take, Jay? We don't see uh, too many golf courses set up that way with with all the shaved, um, you know, surroundings around the collars, around the greens, and and so forth. So it just adds a different element. You know, you put the players in a different uh, different setting and different comfort level, which I think is fun. Like we get to watch them hit shots that we don't normally see them hit, um, and they play holes a different way, which which I enjoyed. You know. Uh, just, just visually, like looking at the golf course, I thought it looked really cool. You know, granted, I wasn't there playing it, and, yeah. and I know that there were some players that were not happy with it. I know Patton Kazire, a good buddy of mine, um, he commented, um, which Patton is—he's a good buddy, and I, I love him. And if he thinks that the golf course setup was was poor, then um then there's there was something to it you know he wouldn't just say that and and he did and delete he, that he did delete the post but there there must have been something to it and he didn't he didn't elaborate in his in his uh social media post as to why uh but it looked like the background was a picture of the sand did it look like that to you or was it like concrete or was that I sand? Kind of that way? and they said it was very granular and that a lot of chip shots were going to come off with odd spin yeah. yeah, so that was, you know, so yeah, he made the comment like pitiful golf on a pitiful setup on an overrated golf course, something like that. Yeah. And I know um Hatton made some comments that he didn't like it. Fitzpatrick said he didn't like it at the beginning of the week, but obviously he was like, oh, I'm okay with it now. Um <laughs> <laughs> he finished up five. Um so yeah, there were some guys that, that didn't like it, and the bunkers gave everyone fits. That was kind of the storyline of, of Thursday is they just did not hit good bunker shots. They weren't like awful bunker shots. They just weren't cozy to three, four, five, six feet like you're typically used to seeing these guys, which I loved as a person who thinks a bunker should be somewhat of well, a hazard. And, and I, I don't I don't dispute that. Like I think there's there's just a consistency factor. So it, it, yeah, if if the guys come into the tournament knowing that the bunkers are going to be that way, they they adjust their game plan accordingly. So if they come into the PGA Championship knowing that the greens are going to be a certain way, um, then they adjust their game plan accordingly. And if or, but but if you play on the PGA Tour and the bunkers are in great shape all the time, and they're perfect, and you play, you know. 35 events throughout the year and you're like hey i'm in the bunker it's it, it's a hazard but i can get out of it I, I have a chance to get up and down whereas when you come to the pga championship at southern hills and you're like hey you got no shot the 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 bunkers have different sand in them you, you can't get up and down it's like well well i haven't played in a on a course like this all year 
Um, I could see where guys would get frustrated. You know, it's like, it's like going playing NBA basketball. I'm like, Hey, the nets uh, are different here. So if you, if you make a good shot, um, the ball could bounce out of the net and you won't make it. Like, yeah, that, but that's, that would be frustrating. that's golf though. Every, every golf course is different. It's an outdoor sport. The weather changes, the courses change, the grasses change. I mean, that's sure. just, that's just part of golf is I think part of going back to like your, your skill and your ability to win is how well can you adapt to a different course, different conditions, different green speeds, different slopes, sure. different weather. I think that just kind of plays into what makes this great game so great. Sure. It's, it's not tennis where every court's the same. Size, I agree. You know, where every basketball court's the same I size. No, I, I, I do. That's that's what I love about the sport. So I agree. But, but there, the, it is in varying degrees. Like if you go too far one way, um, you know, if 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 you play bunkers that you can actually hit the ball out of the bunker and get it on the green, and have a chance to get them down, and then all of a sudden you go to a course where it's like, hey, you can't even get this. You can't put any spin on this. You can't even. You, you can't hardly get it out of the bunker. Um, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the case here, but yeah, but if it, if the, if the, if the setting, if the setting is too, or the environment is too drastic, then it's like, well, like, how is anybody going to, you know, be able to, um, you know, predict their next shot or be able to prepare for that. But so that's so like, you, you've got to do it in varying degrees, you know? Um, I mean, it's not like they were trying to screw the players. I mean, that's just what Southern Hills is as a golf course. I mean, that's what it is for the membership. It wasn't like, hey, guy. Actually, they just used the same sand um, before the renovation as after the renovation. They just took out the sand when they redid all the bunkers and they put it back in. So it wasn't like they were even – they didn't change it to screw the players. It was just – it's what they use, and it's different than most most courses they play on the PGA Tour. But no one ever really complains about the sand and at the British Open, and that's not exactly the nice, nice fluffy – perfect sand that they get in the pga tour but people expect the british open so it's like a definitely different... better than what they played at this week though yeah maybe you know I, the thing and this is a bigger issue not just like this week with my whole thing with bunkers is it, it shouldn't be that easy to just splash it out there to four feet and tap in and, and let's go people complain about inconsistent lies or different lies or can't spin it well no one ever complains when you can get varying different lies in the rough you hit the ball in the rough you can get all kinds of different lies no one ever complains about that yeah, so I guess what I was saying about the, the rough is you're when you hit a ball in the rough, you know you can get a flyer, it can sit down, it can be squirrely, and you know what, what to expect. It's like when people hit in a bunker, they're like, oh, man, well, this is this one has more sand. This one has less sand. Well, it's fucking sand. It moves around pretty easy. Like, I, I don't know. I just the whining about like bunker sand to me is like, dude, don't fucking hit it in there. And it's not going to be perfectly consistent, just like rough's not perfectly consistent. You're not supposed to hit the ball in the rough. You, might, you have to judge the lie you get in the rough. When you walk up to a golf ball, is this going to fly? Is this going to jump? How is this going to come out? It's the same when you get into a bunker. Yeah. I, 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 I do understand your, your, your point of view here to a certain extent, but I do think that the rough is a little bit more predictable than, than really inconsistent uh, bunker sand. You know, if you if you get into because you can't ground your club, that's that's an added factor in terms of being able to be able to tell how the ball is going to be able to fly out of there. If you get into a bunker, you can't tell what the depth is of the sand. So when I get into a into the rough and I know I've got two inches of rough, I know you can you can feel this. You can feel the ground. You can make a practice swing. You can see exactly how much the thickness of the rough. 
you have way more, in my opinion, you have way more predictability out of the rough than you do out of a inconsistent bunker. Um, so that's why I, I'm, I'm not saying that every bunker should be perfect. I'm just asking that they, they be predictable. And, and I can see where guys get upset when they get into one bunker and they dig their feet in an inch and they're like, okay, I got it. And then they, they blast out and it's, it's hard pan underneath. That's a big difference because one, I agree. It, 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 you're close to the hole. So it's, it's a, it's a finalizing shot. So you're they're They're going to be more upset because it's close to the hole. So if I hit a bunker, if I hit a fairway, if I had a shot out of, um, out of the rough, I'm sorry, I can hit a shot and I could be off just a little bit and I have a 20 footer or a 30 footer. Whereas if I have a 20 footer or a 30 footer out of a bunker, as opposed to a five footer, I'm going to be upset because that's, that's a finalizing shot for the hole. And I know that my, my chances of making the putt go down ex- considerably. So it's, it's, uh, no, we're also uh, talking about grass versus sand. I think sand is just way more, yeah. it's just tougher to make that perfectly consistent on, you know, with, with wind and people being in there and raking it differently sure. and walking in there differently. It, it moves, right? It grass is grass, sure. you know, it's sure, sure. No question. But I think, I think we would all prefer to watch um, players play out of the sand and it's, and it be more consistent where it's more predictable, where we, it's not, um, it's not a, uh, it's not luck of the draw. Like I would like to see, Hey, you know, the sand, you dug your feet in here, you know, you've had your practice rounds, you know what this sand is capable of doing. Not one bunker is this one bunker is this, one bunker has this much sand. One bunker has this. Um, that's where I think guys yeah, are frustrated. I don't know. It, it, to me, it comes off as these guys are just being just pampered little bitches. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see where people would say that. It's like, okay, then, you, we'll don't a fucking, little bit. Just, just don't fucking hit it in there. Hit it on the green. Yeah. 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 You right, shouldn't, no you're not supposed to be in there. So, yeah. you know, why? I don't know why you got to supposed to have a perfect lie. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be perfect. And guys, no, guys no, adjusted no. to it. It seemed like the bunker game got better for most players as as the weekend went on. Thursday seemed to be pretty poor, and they were well below tour average, um, getting up and down. But I, I never saw stats after that. But just, just you know, by my eye watching it, it seemed like um, the bunker game from everyone got a little bit better. And I think if again, okay, you play it, you figure it out as the weekend goes on. I can, I know how to do this. If you're a good bunker player. You can figure it out. I know what shot I have to hit. Yes, there is the unpredictability of what's what's underneath here. Uh, and you can get a rough idea when you walk into a bunker. Now, granted, it could be different under your feet versus under the golf ball. I, mm-hmm. I get that. But again, we're dealing with we're dealing with sand. It's not you know perfectly manicured grass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no question. I mean, I I, I agree. They're they're they they play in perfect conditions every week. So anytime they get um, they get in a position where they're not playing in those those conditions, that they're going to be upset about it. Yeah, because with the PGA Tour, they try to get all their golf courses essentially to play the same green speed to try to have the same firmness, weather dependent. That's obviously a huge factor yeah. on on firmness, yeah. and they try to get all the bunkers on the PGA Tour, the courses they play, to to be the same. And that thing yeah. that's what makes majors better and different is yeah. they're not, they're not run by the PJ tour. So they're handled a little bit differently and it's, can you adjust and adapt? And that just yeah. makes it a, that much more of a challenging yeah. um, event. 
in my opinion. Did Justin Thomas come? He didn't complain about the bunkers this week, did he? Um, I don't know. I heard nothing of that nature from his camp. I don't think he did. I don't think yeah. he did. No, and I've got the inside no. scoop there. He didn't text McLean, so I guess we're good there. No, I didn't hear anything. Well, when you're hitting the fairway the and the green stuff. most of the time, you know, hitting 14, 15% or 14 and 15 greens around, then, yeah, you're not going to complain about the bunkers that often because you're no. not going to be in them. That's right. Um, and the, the occasional time that you are, you uh, find a way to get it out. and You just get up and down the way he did. Yeah. I think I, I, I think my my point is, it's not about the type of bunker or uh, it's about the consistency from hole to hole. So if it's consistent from hole to hole and you know what you're getting, then it's like, hey, you've had enough rounds, practice rounds, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to get a feel for the the bunkers, and you can adjust accordingly. I think. The inconsistency of the depth of the sand; th- those are the things that get. Yeah, that that's that gets a little extreme. It's like, well, hey, I, I hit a good shot. My ball bounced in the bunker. I've got a now. I've got a shit lie, um, and I don't know how much sand uh, sand is underneath, and I don't know how to play this. And because there, there's no way for me to test it, I can't make a practice swing. So that that the, with with the argument of the bunkers, that's my only qualm is that. Um, one, you can't, you can't make a practice swing. So you can't, you can't feel what's going on. <laughs> nice out McLean. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that anyone else could hear that when I did that, I, I let it go. That was a mistake. You're good. You're good. Um, all righty, cool. Any other PGA championship takeaways? I think no, we got it, was, it all covered. It was a good event. It was fun. It, it was, was a good event. It was, yeah. You know, I wish there wasn't as much bogeys, you know, from again those those top four and just kind of fading and fading and fading. And it was like who was gonna just yeah. not fade, um, or who's gonna fade less, essentially. And you know, yeah. JT came up and, and got it and put his name in the mix to have a chance. And uh, but it was exciting, right? It was drama filled. You didn't know what was gonna happen hole to hole. It was I was, you know, on the edge of my seat watching. So that's as a viewer, that's that's kind of all we can ask for there. And anytime you get yeah. free free golf, it's better. I even I've oh, now yeah. trained I've now trained Lindy. I was like, it's going it's going to a what? playoff, and she just yells free golf. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the three hole aggregate? I love it. Agreed. Agreed. And yes. And at this place, they picked three awesome holes. You had a reachable par five, a drivable par four, Agreed. and then a badass par four to finish. It was a yeah. great three hole stretch. Agreed. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I could not agree more. And it's, it's a little bit different format. We don't see it often, but uh, especially at this place, it was very well placed. Like it, it, it was, it was very, uh, very well received from my camp. Yeah. I, I like the three hole aggregate versus a, a one hole sudden death. You know, yeah. I mean, they played 72 holes and now one guy can just hit one, Amazing shot and it's oh, over. Great shot and win. You know, let's let's back that up. You know, you do the do that on the first hole, great. And then you gotta do it two more times and, and hold on and validate that or validify that. What's, what's your favorite PGA championship memory? We talked about this last week. And and McLean, I don't think you were here, but do you have one, McLean? Yeah. But he, he said the Davis Love. Davis Love nineteen ninety six. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. God, is that what I said? Right, last that's week? your favorite. That's your favorite PGA Championship memory, Davis. I was there for that. Davis Love the third. Um, he was my favorite player growing up. Son of a golf pro. 
um guy went out there yeah. I, I thought for and and these both me and him are both the third so i thought forever i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna have a davis love career yeah <laughs> you're like that's me boys we're gonna be, we're boys. Gonna be the same guy same guy uh, if, you, if you hadn't if you hadn't uh checked google lately i don't have a wikipedia page <laughs> so i'm on the emergency uh, nine golf podcast and this is the highlight of my celebrity career there you go get it get um it. Let's see. What was my favorite PGA? I think it's probably the same thing I said last week. Was the the Tiger at Valhalla against Bob May? Yeah, I mean uh, that's. I was there for that as well, and that was amazing. Uh, The the funny story about that one, real fast, is I was on vacation with my parents, and my mother was so pissed because all my dad and I did was sit in the hotel room, and we would not go out to dinner until this was over. And when it went to a playoff, she was livid. She was like, I'm going without you guys. My yeah. dad and I died like, well, fine. We'll call room service. I don't care. We're watching this damn thing. <laughs> That's all. I, and then, you know, just the whole, like, they both made those great putts on 18. And, and I, we talked about this. And then the whole, on the first playoff hole, that was a three-hole aggregate back then, too, still. And Tiger goes running in the point. I don't know. That's just, that always sticks out. That was, the. I mean, I don't know how anybody does remember the point on the on that the playoff as one of the yeah. coolest things. I mean, I, I talked about this on the last pod, but the Sergio um, Tiger duel at Medina, yeah, coming down the stretch was was pretty cool. And watching Sergio so make that putt on seventeen and turn around and give Tiger the eye, I mean, <laughs> I just love that. I thought it was awesome. I mean, this is a nineteen year old or twenty year old kid turning around to the best player in the world. i um, at the time. Um, and it was pretty, it was, that was, yeah. I was like, wow. I was like, he really, did he really do that? This isn't, we're not, we're not watching basketball or football now, where guys get into each other's faces. Now we're going to see him stare down and fist pump the Saudis yeah. right in the crown prince's good. face. He's in the, yeah, it's a possibility. And then he'll be hung the next day. <laughs> I won 90 million, but I die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to make it through one show without the Saudis, but I had to. Um, yeah. All right, so let's let's get into uh, this week's. First off, next major, I can't wait. U.S. Open, the Country Club, Brookline, Mass. I'm so jacked up for it. I'm still trying to find a way. It? I'm sorry, where is it again? Brookline, Massachusetts. Yeah, I never heard of it. Yeah, it's the first country club in America. That's why it's called the Country Club. That's so cute. I can't wait. That's that's next on the major agenda, and we're gonna talk all about it. And I'm still trying to find my way. I'm gonna try to make it up there for a day or two. Um, maybe early in the week, uh, up there, but um, you gotta, gotta sneak that by the uh, the misses there. So, uh, let's get into Colonial this week. Uh, pretty decent field at the Charles Schwab Challenge, um, Hogan's Alley at Colonial. A lot of good names, uh, playing. You got you know, Spieth, Morikawa, JT is in the field. Can't imagine he'll do too well. Zalatoris, um, a lot of good you names. Read. What'd you say? P. Reed. Oh, Big yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, I mean, the wrongs watching him cheat. Okay. So who wants to, uh, who wants to go first? I'm so, I'm so excited. Let's go. Let's go. You're up. And I have Mr. Jordan Spieth, 10,400. Wow. Coming in spicy, ready to go. He's ready. He is poised to hoist a trophy without question. Poised. Well, he just did like poised. three weeks ago, but. 
the fuck does that have to do with this week, Mike? I'm, I'm just saying. Want, I mean, I picked, interject, him, I picked him last week and he poorly, he or you want to offer some supportive fucking. Yeah, because you're always so supportive of my picks. I know. I love you too. Uh, great. <laughs> All right. Moving down from there, I have the Spanish sensation, Abraham Answer himself, $9,300. <laughs> Uh, I did skip over my number two pick, California boy, Mr. Max Homa. Yeah, that guy's just filling dial. Um, the Augusta aggressor himself, Mr. Patrick Reed, is seventy four hundred dollars, <laughs> looking to <laughs> improve his lives and move, and move some sand where he has the ability to. So, the gotta Augusta love aggressor. That that's out of nowhere, but it's yeah, stay. that was definitely pulled out of your ass. Gonna stick. I love question. it. It's, I love it's it. definitely sticking. Uh down there is 6900 PK, Mr. Patton Kazire. I think it's a great value pick at 6900 if I'm being honest. Guy's made 13 of 18 cuts this year. He's only had one top 10, but I think he's he's poised to go ahead and get out there and, and get himself in, into contention. Guy who's got a lot of experience out there. He's been in it before and he's ready to go. Um moving down one step. The the guy who's really been in his groove as of recent in the last two years. Uh, it's amazing. You talk about the value pick of value picks. I've got Mr. Richard Bland at 6,600. Wow. I is the guy is senior tour yeah. bound and he's gonna cash so many checks, it's unbelievable. He's Saudi oh, tour yeah. bound. Can't blame him. Yeah. Go ahead and count that cash, pro. But regardless, he's still playing on the PGA Tour. I was still able to pick him for 6600 bucks, And I bet he makes a cut and finishes T25. He'll flirt on there. He'll flirt on that Charles Howell, the third spectrum. They'll probably play together for the third round. We won't see a fucking shot of it, and they'll make 75000 and walk away empty-handed. <laughs> Truth. Is that everyone? Unless I can pick more. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> I lost it. I lost track. again. One, two, three, four, five. I six. lost track. Yeah, that, that's it. That's everyone. That's everyone. Uh, All right. Jay, go ahead. I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. I'll start from the bottom. Um, now we're here. Mr. Stuart Sink, 7,100. Um, just don't know, other than the fact that he played well the last couple of weeks, uh, 23rd the last week and ninth at the Wells Fargo. I mean, 7,100 bucks. So we'll give him a shot. Um, Texan Ryan Palmer, seventy three hundred bucks. I know this is McLean's boy, and I mean, I I talked to him, gave him a call, said, "Hey, McLean has been on you all year, and you haven't performed, but I'm going to put you in my roster. Let's get it done." He said, "Sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm in Texas, so I'm going to get it done, and he probably will. I'm going to predict Ryan Palmer top five this week." It's just in saying. Odessa. I'm from Odessa. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, then I jump up. Chris Kirk at 7,900 bucks. Finished fifth last week at the PGA Championship. But beyond that, didn't play that great. But I'm hoping he's riding hot. Um, then I jump up to Mr. Davis Riley. Uh, kind of a yeah, good streaky, streaky player. Um, again, he's a young guy, rookie, but... Uh, 13th last week, ninth, fifth weeks prior. Um, feel like he's got a good vibe going. So um, 
I think he's a pretty good value pick at 80, 8400 bucks. And then uh, Tommy Fleetwood made a nice little charge there on the weekend, uh, top five finish, um, and played played really well. Looks and he he's commented that he is playing. He's really getting confidence and he's starting to play well. So anytime a player says that I feel really confident and I'm playing well and actually, you know, show has the finishes to to show it, then I'm then I'm I'm game. Um, and then I don't know why I picked this person. Um, I just, I don't know. He's from Texas and <laughs> sounds confident. I'm going to pick Jordan speed. At t- wow. 10, did you pick him last week too? Right. I did two weeks in a row. I don't know why I just, I'm going to give him another shot. Wow. But here we are, man. All right. I like get it. Get after it. Get after it, breast milk. <laughs> it's another, another home game for him. He can sleep in his own bed. They go to Texas way too much. But um, all right. I don't love my team. Um, I just <laughs> I couldn't fit like the guys I wanted. I just couldn't properly fit them in my lineup and then get other guys that I kind of liked. It was just it wasn't working out for me. I loved my lineup last week. Paid off, won the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast uh, DraftKings League last week. And so I'm going to start at the bottom. I legitimately have no idea why I picked this guy. He has played well recently. A um, handful of top 30s in his last uh, four starts. 6,900, Adam Long. Um, again, huh. that don't really know. He's got a couple top 20s here at this golf course, which helps in the last uh, couple of years. So we'll go Adam Long there. And then going to go up. Uh, just had a great week. I think DraftKings continually undervalues this guy. Tom Hoagie, $7,600. I mean, the guy has four top tens. He just had a top 10 in the PGA Championship. Played well at the Byron week before that. I, I don't know what he has to do to get above 8000 on DraftKings, but yeah. um, he's just a solid guy. I think he makes the cut, and he puts up some points for me. So I like Tom Hoagie. Then I'm going to go up for a horse for a course. Brian Harmon, 7,800. The guy like never finishes out of the top 30 at this place. <laughs> it's just, it's just fit him. And you know, it's, it's, it's not a long golf course. It's precision. It's right up Harmon's alley. So I like him there. Then I go up, uh, Jay, actually you have my next two players. Uh, Chris Kirk coming off a good week. $7,900 has played well here in the past. Um, I like him. And then I also have Tommy Fleetwood. His game is trending. You know, it's six trending. months six months ago, he was like kind of nowhere to be seen, and now yeah. he he's trending up and up and up. And like you said, if if a player is outwardly saying they feel really confident, then he's very confident. So yeah. um, typically, they yeah. kind of I think feel like sometimes they can they downplay they downplay. They don't want to set the expectation too high. Too so high. It's yeah. like, hey, let me just say, hey, I'm I'm doing okay. I feel feel better. But when he says I'm really playing well, then that's when like, okay, geez, this guy's he must be feeling. Really yeah, he just come off a of top he's five. Delusional. Yeah, he got he got uh, better every round he played. Um, at Southern Hills, every score was lower than the day before. So yeah, I like Fleetwood. I think I think he's a, a sneaky chance to win this week and kind of surprise some people. And then I'm going with one of my guys. Did not have a great week last week, but this is the perfect course to get him out of a little rut. 10,700 
Colin Morikawa. Oh, gosh. Here we are. Here he's, he is. He's due. Made the cut, didn't play well. Um, he's had a, ha- a good handful of top tens beginning of the you know calendar year, was playing his ass off, has fallen off recently, but I think this is the venue to to kind of get him back on his his winning ways. He's he's fallen down the I think he's fourth now on the uh, world golf uh, rankings. So we'll go Colin Morikawa, ten thousand seven hundred, and that's my squad. Not totally in love with it, but we'll go with it. So. Uh, well, that, we'll see what that's happens. Like I just made twenty-seven fifty. <laughs> Were you not supportive of my picks? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, that's it for us, gents. Unless you guys have anything else. Nice boys. We'll uh, we'll check you next week. Justin Thomas is the best ball striker on tour. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I disagree. Hey, uh, uh, good stuff, gents. That was fun. Yeah. Hey, Jake, go get me a monitor. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and then we're out. All right, later. Cheers.